Welcome to I Hired My Wife, Season 1, Episode 3. Welcome. We're the podcast that talks all things running a small business as a husband and wife team because we are officially, as of today, a husband and wife team. January 8th. Woohoo. Forever live in the history books as my first employee came on to Big Safety Limited. That's it. And my welcome aboard has been a lovely breakfast. We've done a big planning day. Yep. And then a million Amazon deliveries <laughs> arrived. We have got all the gear and, and no idea. No- Oh, will you, please? <laughs> Mate, so we have this new like podcast thing and it's got all these new buttons. Yeah, we have really gone all out. Well, we didn't have great audio last time. No. Um, and I thought, well, if we're going to do this properly, it's either all in, like go go in. What's the, what's the saying? What was I saying? Go big or go yeah, home. Go or it's go very home. on brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I haven't started a job in five years. Mm. Can we just talk about how pissing annoying it is getting access to all oh, the systems, all God. the logins, all the right IT stuff? Oh my God, it's driven me mad today. <laughs> and when I live, we're like a two-person business, <laughs> like we literally like have two or three things I need you to get access to. Oh my God, why has it been so challenging? But it was mainly for our email marketing agency, mm. just trying to get things around. Trying to get on all the different collaboration platforms and supplier portals and getting into the right email addresses. Oh, and, Jesus. It wastes so much time too, which is the which is the worst part. Mm. Like I just hate wasting so much time. So there you go. That's been my onboarding experience. Uh, you had a nice breakfast though. I did have a nice Two breakfast. Two coffees. It was nice. And the, the toilets were really nice. The toilets were great today. <laughs> They'll warmer than the actual cafe. <laughs> Actually, if anyone wants a nice meal in the morning, um, Wi-Fi is terrible for work, but the Beckworth Emporium in uh, Northampton, is it just outside? It's near Sywell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's that, absolutely beautiful. We had some lovely food there. Mm. Smashed avo. But the avocado just needs a touch of feta and some lemon. There's the feedback for you. That's the Melbourneian coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and how, as the Melbourneian, do you rate the coffee? I wasn't too bad Not because too bad. I'm kind of like dairy intolerant now, cow's milk intolerant, so I have to get the oat milk, mm. which I never said I would, and I've taken the piss out of my brother for years for being like an oat milk sipping latte waker, and now I'm an oat milk sipping latte waker. <laughs> I'll add that description to your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> At least you can probably hear the sound quality is 10 times better than what it was last time. This is right. We've got headphones on the go, these fancy mics. I'm very impressed with all this gear. It's sounding really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's going to make a lot easier for us and we can take it anywhere. And if we have guests on, we can take it anywhere as well. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to using it as we go forward. It's going to be awesome. That's right. This is our third episode. Yeah. Um, we've had quite a few reactions, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can we share a bit about what's happened since we've launched the podcast? Yeah. So, number one, I think possibly the reason why we've got all this gear is because we have a fan. Oh, that was <laughs> nice, amazing. Was yeah, some guy just shared he was listening to our podcast on... Uh, on the way to work. On the way to work and like shared it. And I was like, oh my God, we have a fan. I'm like, we're going to stick with this podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, and also we've had some really fun um, Instagram comments where people are like, my wife is on the payroll, but I'm not too sure what she does. <laughs> yeah, like that's that. right. And the other one. The other one is I pay my wife to not have any business in my business. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amen. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Look, See, we've had some really good reactions. It's gonna be, it is going to be difficult. We're going to have our ups and downs and you know what I mean, I'm... I've built this business on the way I've done things the last three years mm. and it's going to be difficult. But I think I've really come to that point now that I said, okay, let's get you on the business because there was a bit of umming and ahhing for about three or four months there. Should I work with my wife? Should I not work with my wife? Should I separate the business? Should I not separate the business? 
But I think now the last few months I've come around and just like chopping off marketing and events and that's your baby. Like you grow that side of the business. Let me look after the wholesale, customer service, online customer service and operations and procurement. And because now I can get rid of events and marketing. It's just going to be way, way easier for me to do it. Is that another key sort of takeaway then for other people running or growing small businesses is delegation? How do you yeah. feel about it? That was the word I was looking for this morning, delegation. I couldn't find it. I was talking to <laughs> mum and dad. I'm like, what the hell is that word? About oh, to... no, I lost it. I, was, I just said bossing her around. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's delegating. That, yeah. That's probably more apt. <laughs> I just like to have control over a lot of things, but there's a lot of self-help bankers out there that say, you know, delegation is one of the biggest things, but you don't trust the people. And obviously there's no one person I trust more than you, so... How do you feel about coming on this morning? Like you finished work at your old job on Friday. And you, you know, what's opened up a little bit? You were a little bit emotional at leaving yeah, your job in five sad. years. Yeah, so I was in my last business. So I've been in marketing for the last sort of 10 years or so. But the last uh, five years I've been with one uh, business, which is certainly the longest place that I've ever worked. I've mm. worked somewhere for five years before. Um, so it was a bit emotional, sad to leave, but very excited about all the opportunities and all of the things that you're throwing my way. In fact, day one. First half of the day, and I'm incredibly behind. <laughs> Do you know how yeah. that's happened? Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, Emma's kind of, she's been doing a bit of part-time work for us over the last uh, three years. Um, on weekends and late at night, she would do some marketing stuff for us. And um, eventually now it's time that she's come on the business to, to give us a hand to uh, obviously take the business to the next step. And that means a lot of like digital marketing, um, which, you know, you'd be happy to say that you've not had that much experience in digital marketing. Would you agree with that? Um, I think from an advertising perspective, yeah, but so, running social calendars all over, yeah. e- email marketing all over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think some of the strengths that I bring are very copy orientated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I do a lot of imagery building, learning much more about video. I'm now on TikTok, mm-hmm. even though I'm in my 30s. So obviously, I get my TikTok content on Instagram. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but now I'm starting to um, dip my toe into TikTok and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, it's 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 massive the opportunity out there for normal people, yeah, and us uh, to go viral. We're know? just another bloody podcast. Then just gonna, another wanker with a podcast. I, I was going to say that. I was absolutely going to say that because that's my book. Like that's my that's my saying that I say is like <laughs> uh, just another wanker with a self help book. Yeah, and nice. I'm just like every now we're just another couple of wankers with a bloody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it has so for other people with um, small businesses out there, I'm sure that you have seen you know getting your reach, increasing your reach through all these different channels is massive, and you know it's often low cost as well um so whilst you know the facebook ads and the instagram ads and stuff are going to be racking up lots of cost yeah when you're on tiktok we, there's a fantastic video actually on our big boots um tiktok of ryan just literally his face <laughs> i was actually about five beers deep when i did that tiktok and i was bored watching the football he just had in the background a video of some steel blue boots and his face going what like and it's actually ridiculous like why that over a million views. Oh, 1.6, I think it is. Like, what the F? What are people crazy, doing with their lives? Man. Watching your face with some steel blue boots. Like... I've tried to do it again. I'm not even getting close. Like, each of our videos now, I guess, like 400 views. <laughs> so this is it. The algorithms are, you know, we're learning and, and, and what people want to see we're learning. But again, with like YouTube as well, like mm-hmm. we, we're going to start doing a bit of like vlogging and, um, you know, collaborating with other YouTubers and things like that and kind of growing a channel because 
yeah, it is a bit of work, but it's one of those things I think if we just keep doing every week, set times to edit and all that sort of stuff, we can really build an audience. And we have a story to tell. Like you and I are very different to a lot of people in the UK in terms of like how we came about and how we met and the business and things like that. So how how we got started well, yeah, and just, what we're just going like everybody with politics. Yeah. Well, it's unique. I think I think we've got a unique story. Mm, for sure. Do you do you not agree? I do agree. I do agree. It does feel a little bit. Um, you know, you sit there and you think the audacity. Who? Why would anybody want to hear about us? But actually, you know, this is a really great way for us to share more about our small business. You know, it's a yeah. great way to share the the things that we get right and the things that we get wrong. With and, yeah, and, you know, if we get things that we could help people with as well, like we're happy to share it. Oh, we, God, want, yeah. we want our audience to, you know, learn from our mistakes if it helps you guys get a leg off the ground. And we'd love to learn too uh, from you. For example... Maybe we might jump into one of our first challenges of the week, mm. which is dealing with competitors. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> we've had some discussions about this in the last week or so uh, where we've been conflicted. Yeah. So I'll give you a story. Like for each of our products that are online, we have a description. Um, and one of our descriptions for one of our products is clearly written by me because it mentions me. and By we're... name by name and where I've come from and that I've been wearing this brand for like 15 years. So I've got a load of experience in the boots and the brand and literally another competitor has just come on, copied it and put it on their website, making it that I work for them and that they've been wearing Steel Blue for 15 years when they've only been selling them for the last 12 months. Look, I get it that content is out there to be copied and pasted left, right and centre. I get that that happens. I also yeah. get that this has likely happened with some website contractor you know, entry person might have gone on and just copied and pasted and thrown it onto their site and yeah. they're none the wiser. I, that, I, I think that's what's happened. Yeah. That being said, it mentions your name. It yeah. mentions you by name. It says our owner, Ryan, is originally from Australia. It's it's using your brand. It's using our brand. And my my biggest concern, right, is that Somebody remembers, oh, I spoke to that bloke Ryan at, you know, that event or we had that conversation. I listened to their podcast and they go onto the competitor's website. They see your name. They see that you're Australian. They go, oh, great. I'll buy those boots from here because I heard about that nice man. You know, great. I'll support his small family business. And actually, it's a big cashed up competitor that sells loads of other stuff too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. That's my concern. So, well, well, I was against it because... I just didn't think it was such a big deal mm. because I can't remember the last time that I read a description on on a product. I just kind of looked at photos and apart, apart from sizing, yeah. I probably just look at the photos and think, yeah, that looks shit. I'm going to bloody. But I took it. I've taken it personally because it mentions your name yeah. and because it is our brand. Like people will choose to buy boots from us hmm. rather than the great Amazons of the world because our faces are on that and because they know that they're supporting small business. Yeah, well, I've given it a week and, well, actually, I've been thinking about it a while because I was kind of like, well, maybe we should just not do it because of SEO mm. and, you know, they'll get down ranked for just copying and pasting and mm. not not being original. So I thought, well, just just leave it. Don't worry about it. But now I'm more thinking about it. I'm thinking about maybe just saying. We just need them to take it down, right? So. Yeah. How do you do that, right? So there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can contact the company. You can um, submit something on Google, can't yeah, you, yeah, to yeah, say yeah, plagiarism, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, something a bit formal. Um, I decided to tweet them. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't all that keen on the no, I, 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 no. I didn't want to make a big deal of it because no. I just 
you know, yeah, we are starting to put ourselves out there more, which is kind of, I feel like I'm becoming more introverted as I get older. Yeah. Whereas a younger Ryan was being like, yeah, just post my face everywhere. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. Like, you'll, you'll get it sorted. But now I'm just kind of like, no, let's just go about our business quietly. Let's do our thing. Let's talk about business and family and marketing and sales and whatever on that podcast that people might be interested in. And let's do a bit of vlogging now just to grow our audience and things like that, which is obviously going to get a little bit more personal. Mm -hmm. But I think people like buying, being personal. Well, that's it. But that's why I take it personally that someone has used your name in their product description. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we've tweeted them. They haven't taken it down. So I think I will contact them again. Um, and just get them to take it down. That's all I care about. I, you know, you do your thing. There'll be loads of other people doing their things. I just don't think that they should be using our family, knowingly or unknowingly, to yeah. sell boots. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I think they'll be the same. They'll probably just like, oh, look, sorry. We just yeah, probably copied those and didn't think about it. And I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've done it intentionally. No, I don't either. Yeah, so. well, that's embarrassing. Why would you? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. So look, there's so many different ways to deal with competitors, but online plagiarism is a big issue i'm sure for a lot of businesses oh massive it to the point where we've actually commissioned some imagery in the past haven't we some beautiful imagery of the steel blue boots um the whole range Mm -hmm. cost us thousands of pounds and then we felt like we had to watermark them with our brand and our website we we've seen it we've seen other mates like have businesses online businesses where he's really good at photography and then other businesses have just gone out and done exactly the same thing and just used his images. Just copy and paste. Just, just copy and paste. And he's just like, well, no, mate, like I took my time and we just spent an hour editing that image, mm. you know, to use on my website to look different and you've just taken it. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I don't think so. Mm. So, yeah, um, I mean, he got the images back, but it's definitely out there. But I just feel like watermarks are just, that just takes away from it Doesn't a little it? bit. But yeah. at the end of the day. We paid the money. I paid the money. I don't want people using it unless they pay me for it. Yeah, exactly. So... But that being said, I do think in industry across the board in retail, that big brands are moving away from this beautiful, professional, polished imagery and they're moving more towards user-generated content, don't they? They're moving more towards real people's videos on site, you know, really using the boots, using the workwear, using the mascara, whatever it is. Mm. I'm seeing that as a big shift that probably will work in our favour without being cashed up. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. yeah. Well, I hope so because yeah, obviously marketing's changing all the time, so we need to make sure we're moving. Yeah, you know. and we do have um, a number of affiliates, don't we? That yeah. create content using our products, and that's always been quite successful for us. It has. Our affiliates are great. You know, we've been working with a load of them, and they know that we're a small family business. And to be honest, a lot of them are just small families guys as well. They just have a good following, and you know, they're not minted cashed up guys, so they 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 like the product. You know, we've sent products to people that we, we thought we'd like and they haven't worked out. So we, we pull them because we we want to be known as having quality. But again, that's just learning marketing along the way. Like we've been doing this for three. We've been dealing with guys for two, three years. We even have one guy who just buys his boots and he's got followers left, right, center, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Shout out to Mike, um, who still buys his boots from us because he wants to support us as a small family. Like, And because he's got a young family as well. What a top guy. Mm. And, you know, of course you want to make more money and things like that, buy a house and young family, put them good through education and things. But he still wants to support us by buying boots from us because, you know, it helps us out. And we're the same with small businesses. I'd much rather try and buy from a small business than I'd be holding a small business than ordering through Amazon. But then Amazon take a huge cut. Like sometimes I'll just try and jump on eBay to try and find out who the seller is mm. and then go to the actual website because then obviously eBay take 13 14%, Amazon take 15 up to 20%. Mm. 
But if you go through the, the direct through their website, their only website platform might only take one, two percent, three percent. So they're making way more money on it. Mm. So anyway, if people didn't know them more about that, that's kind of how it works. Well, there you go. I think we're going to kind of deep dive here um, because speaking of being Australian, we've not really had a deep dive into politics. Why you're here. Why we're here. How you're here. How we're here. How and much it costs to have you here. So you are an Australian, I'm a British citizen, and we met whilst you were over here in the UK. They welcomed you here on a youth mobility visa. Yep. So you're able to come live, work, completely unrestricted for two years. Yep. So you came to play some cricket. Yep. That's when we met. Uh-huh. And um, since then, we've had to spend lots and lots of thousands of pounds on the home office fees for visas, the NHS levy um, every few years, uh, legal advice and, and support in submitting our applications, all that kind of stuff. I can't just come and live in the UK. I've got to be here on a visa. It's cost us 10 grand for me to stay in the UK to be with my wife and my son over the last uh, four years um, just to live here, which I just don't think is right for just your average individual. I think the misconception um, is very much, oh, well, you're married, so that's it, right? And and I, I must admit, I thought that for a long time, when people were married to somebody that isn't from the EU. You think, oh, well, you're married, so that's fine. If anything, it just strengthens your application. It doesn't guarantee it. No. Um, and also, it does cost a lot of money. So, you know, it's basically an Australian husband tax uh, on me, which is a lot of money. And, yeah, so, um, so people that don't understand, like, we, I actually have to pay for the NHS on top of my taxes. Yeah, so yeah. I... Uh, you have no access to public funds, which nope. means you can't get access to any benefits or anything whilst you're here. Nope. Not um. until I become a permanent resident, mm. which hopefully will be, by the end of this year, I'll be a, a permanent resident. And then hopefully we won't need benefits. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends how the business goes in this podcast. Goes. <laughs> um, so I think there are a few misconceptions, um, but also um, most recently in the news, obviously, the Prime Minister announced big changes to family visas, mm. which is in the last month or so, they mentioned the salary threshold that I, as the British sponsor, need to earn. Mm. It was £18,600. So I was earning that and I could have you in the country. Great. They uh, they proposed upping it to close to £39,000, which is a huge salary and certainly not something that we were looking to pay me coming onto our small family business. They've since retracted that and they've amended it to £29,000, I believe. Mm. But that, that number that they've just thrown out there is going to affect a lot of families, um, a lot of people across the UK, including British citizens, you know, that are sponsoring their partners to be here, their non-British partners to be here. So that was quite an upsetting, tumultuous time, really. They they sort of threw out this um, this change without any detail behind it, without any real thought behind it. So there was a lot of tears, a lot of concern. Um, but I, I, I think we're in a better place. So we're going to get some advice in the next few months. Um, the biggest concern for us in our situation is whether it is entirely for the British sponsor to earn that much money, which historically it's always been on our spousal visas, yeah, yeah. or because our next visa on the five-year route is going to be permanent residency yeah. or indefinite leave to remain. It's whether that is going to be a combined um, financial threshold. So if both of us can earn that money, then we'll be good. Yeah. Um, if it's one of us, then we need to have a review of some of our costs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Um, there's a big thing going on in the moment in Australia about Australia become a republic, so move out of the Commonwealth. 
And to be honest to the audience, I want Australia to become a republic. And a lot of people here, when I say that I'm a Republican, are shocked because I live in the UK, I've married someone British, and the royal family is a big history in Australia, and it sure does. However, the reason there's no benefit to Australians to be part of the Commonwealth anymore. I think Australia as a country, if they want to become more modern and stand on their own two feet, need to move away from the Commonwealth. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against uh, the royal family. I think they play a massive part in the UK in tourism. I think that it's a good part of history that should stay the same and it's quite traditional and something that can live on. But for Australian to have a head of state that lives on the other side, which is over a 27-hour flight, um, in the UK just doesn't sit right with me anymore. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a good trade agreement for anything Australian made and produced at the moment. There's a free trade agreement between the UK and Australia, which is great for our Australian-made brands that we do. Just to really be clear, when you say you're a Republican, because people are going to think of Donald Trump year <laughs> twice. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I am not a... Um, just so everyone knows, you might be a Donald Trump fan out there. I think I actually believe he's probably going to win the next election, would do you believe you? Yeah, I do. And um, and he'll be the Republican candidate, but I am not a Republican voter. And if I was in the US, I definitely would not be voting for uh, old Donald J. Trump. Okay, just to be clear, please don't come for us. Like, click and subscribe. <laughs> How does it compare then with you leaving your part-time job and joining the business full-time? Because that's a huge milestone to then hiring a member of staff. As well, do, do they feel? Oh, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> do they feel? Oh my god. Do they feel like similar milestones, or was one bigger than the other? To be honest, I feel like this has been a natural. And you think this is meant to happen? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's taking it's taken a while, and we get along. You know, we're going to argue, and this is what I like about this podcast. We're going to hear it real. Like, you know, I don't want it to be edited out like the way that we're arguing thing, but we do argue, and that's life. You know, that's most partners are going to have a disagreements and things like that. You know, and people want to hear it being real but I think it's been a natural progression for the business to go from working while setting up the business full-time then having a side hustle then going part-time and then now going me being full-time for the last uh how long uh December 2022 I think a year yeah yeah almost over a year it's your year anniversary full-time yeah when I was working part-time setting up the business I had to work part-time because Emma wasn't working and she's getting paid bugger all for maternity and um, so I was working part-time and then paying myself a little bit from the business when I, when I could. I've not taken that much out, but obviously when we do need money, we need money. So we're taking a little bit out every now and then, but we're trying to reinvest it most of the time. Um, I'll never, ever regret those 18 months where I was working part-time and seeing Billy grow up from zero to hero. Like, the best 18 months of my life, two, almost two years of my life, seeing him grow, because you never get that time back. No. So there's a common misconception out there, like, you, you know, we're going to maybe turn over maybe just under a mil this year, this financial year, which is absolutely incredible from where we came from. Selling eight pairs of boots on eBay. Yeah, yeah. And fair play to Steel Blue, who was our first big supporter, gave us a shot. They gave us a shot and we're obviously selling loads of their boots now, which is great. And um, we great continued support from them. But we live in a small three-bedroom terrace property. We live opposite a nice park and we didn't pay a lot of money for the, for the property. And, um, you know, we can... We can say this until the cows come home, but you know, we, we just want to build and build and build to financial freedom. That's it. It's, you've always told me it's the reinvestment that's got you t- to grow your business. Yeah. So oh. maybe that's a learning that you can share with people that maybe are hoping to scale up their businesses in the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. What did you do that's worked well? 
Well, in terms of bread, yeah, I, honestly, it was working part time while I was growing the business. So we worked at a little. I worked at a great little business down the road called Well and Valley Feeds, and I was just like a delivery driver for like farmers and delivered horse feed and horse bedding and all sorts of farming equipment to farms around um, Leicestershire and Northamptonshire. Um, and it was awesome because I could be on the phone if people called me and then I could pull over if I needed to. And we weren't obviously as big as we are now, uh, but we, we could build the business because of I was working part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really understanding about it too, oh, supportive, weren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of people that have done exactly the same thing while they've been working there um, at Wellham Valley. And they're, they're, they're great. They're one of the nicest companies going around. I'm hoping they're going to buy some boots off us soon, to be honest. That'd be great um, because they're a great Aggie business and we've got some great Aggie boots. And now another year later, we're big enough that I can have another employee. And, you know, I'm hoping to continue grow that we can have another employee come on board. We'd love to have someone in sales that can be on the road the full time pushing some of the brands that we do because it's quality gear and I believe in it. All right, yeah, guys. Thanks very much for joining us for season one, episode three. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. I've, I hired my wife. Mm-hmm. She's officially hired. I'm hired. <laughs> yeah, so uh, very exciting times, nerve-wracking times, and there's going to be some ups and downs. I absolutely know it. Today's been a great start, but um, let's crack on and let's do this for us and our family. And turn this podcast around yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go online tonight. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, guys. Cheers, all. Bye bye. See ya.